Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype, as always, is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, the Islanders have only played three games since we last spoke, but we've kind of seen the good, the bad, the ugly, all kinds of stuff in those three games. Yeah, really, really strange trio of games. I had no other reaction but to laugh um, when the Islanders scored the game winner against the uh, Rangers on Thursday night, or no, Friday night. No, it was Thursday. Uh, I was away with – yes, yeah, right. They didn't play back-to-back against the Rangers. It felt like there was a back-to-back because of, yeah. <laughs> of the weird start. But uh, I, I started cracking up, mm. and my other half, looked. she looked over at Emily. And she was like, what is so funny? And I was like, I, I, it would take too long to explain what the, the Islanders scored. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, oh, that's good, right? I was like, yeah, of course it's good. Like, But she's like, so what's so funny? And I was, and I was like – they only got one shot in the whole third period. It's just such a mess to get into. So, like, let's just say it was a very, very, very Islanders thing to happen and uh, in the best of ways. And she she was totally okay with that. That's really funny. I, I, of course, per my longstanding policy, I did not watch either of the two Rangers games. 
but I did watch the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning that we'll talk about in a few minutes. That was a surprising Islanders victory in a different way uh, than the Rangers, the one against the Rangers. We'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll start with that that Thursday game against the Rangers. Um, the Islanders were coming in off a loss from against the Carolina Hurricanes in which they had played fairly poorly. They were coming before that was a win in St. Louis, which they played very poorly. Uh, and against the Rangers for the first two periods, I actually ended up watching it uh, in the replay the next day because I had taken the day off of work and the Islanders won, so I figured it was safe to watch. Um, and they actually played pretty well in the first two periods. Um, they got a bunch of goals. Uh, Barzell had a breakaway. Letty had a power play goal that turned out to be Lee's power play goal. And uh, things were looking okay. They went into the, the uh, third period with a 3-2 lead and seemed like everything was going well. Then the third period started, and the Islanders, like you said, ended up with one shot on goal in that entire period. The Rangers had 17, (laughs) and the Islanders' shot came with a minute and a half to go, and it was a beautiful feed from Cal Clutterbuck to a wide-open Josh Bailey, who basically just wasted no time in potting it right over Henrik Lundqvist, a sprawling Henrik Lundqvist, probably the greatest phrase uh, in Islanders' vocabulary, sprawling Henrik Lundqvist. And... um, that was it. That was pretty much all she wrote. Uh, the Rangers had a little bit of a push there, but um, they didn't win. And and the the third period was pretty awful by <laughs> all accounts. Yeah, I, I, I watched it the next day, and it was like it for the first couple of minutes. It was like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Like the Islanders are kind of playing smart, and they're just you know generally kind of playing you know a keep away third period on the road, quote unquote, even though it's at the Garden. But then after about the ten minute mark, it was like, holy cow, they don't have any shots yet. What the hell is going on? And it just spiraled from there, basically, to like, what the hell are you guys doing? What are you doing out there? And when I said the most Islanders thing to happen, I meant the least. Like, I'm, the Islanders, I don't know if the Islanders really can, have ever won a game like that, more more that it came against the Rangers. Like, I've seen the Islanders have those games where they were kind of the inferior team, standings-wise, whatever, and they'll, you know, put in a good shift against the Rangers. They're like, wow, the Islanders deserve this win, and then, the old Lundqvist, you know, Lundqvist 38 save, you know, two-goal performance, then the Rangers get a goal off a shin pad. Like, that whole thing happened, I feel like, to the Islanders. Not just against the Rangers, too, but against tons of teams. Uh, it was – it felt so funny. Like, just I – didn't, I didn't know what to do because I couldn't believe my – it was. it's like when you see a tweet and you got to make sure it's from a real Twitter account. Mm. Like, I just couldn't <laughs> believe my eyes. I was just like, this is – the best Did that part goal about really it, just happen? The best part about it was Cal Clutterbuck's reaction because he he passed again. It was a beautiful pass across the zone, uh, kind of from the from the the corner almost straight out through went through somebody's legs I think and right to Bailey's stick and he scored and then somehow they they came together for a hug and somehow Clutterbuck ended up on his back on the ice and was just like yelling in Bailey's face. <laughs> It was like it was almost like they won a, a gold medal or something, but it was really just yeah. a regular season game against the Rangers in the funniest way possible. Yeah, it was just a, the, a beautiful moment. You know, Lundqvist, <laughs> like you said, sprawled on the yeah. ground. The cl- Clutterbuck and Bailey, who I don't know if they've ever played to on the, the ice together. I don't even know what they were time. doing out there together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? But uh, I, yeah, yeah the, the, it went through Neil Pionk and like and right. through six different ways. It went through his legs and his stick and his and his like <laughs> arms, and I was like, what the? Yeah. Then oh my god, it was hysterical. It was, it, I, I and the way I am too. This is like in a lot of my life when things are going well, all oh, you're you're just worried about the regression. And I was just like, we are going to pay for that on Saturday. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Well, uh, so Barry Trotz was 
cognizant of how bad that third period was. And again, I, I want to state they were pretty good. They were very good in the first period, actually. The Islanders uh, had the run of play, and, and then in the second, it was kind of more even, but the third period was all Rangers. Uh, Barry Trotz called it poke and hope was what they were playing. They were trying to poke the puck away and hope that it skittered out you know, into into safety, and that was just not how it works. They need to go through players and not just sort of poke at the puck and hope for the best. Um, the lineup changes, uh, we saw Ross Johnston in for Michael Dow Cole because Barry Trotz thought that the Rangers were going to be, quote, up to something. And it was very funny when he said that, too. Uh, nothing really happened. Cody McLeod, I guess, had a words or something with Matt Martin or maybe some pushing, but Johnston wasn't really involved. Um, so it was kind of a weird, almost like an old school Islanders Rangers game, a little bit of gamesmanship and then kind of a weird ending. Um, but like you said, they did have a game against them two nights later or two days, I should say a matinee game two days later in Brooklyn. And you know, that the Thursday night game didn't give you a whole lot of hope that <laughs> they would, the Islanders would sort of continue their dominance uh, in the next game. And uh, this one, I haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it at all. The Islanders lost 2-1 at home, the Rangers' first ever win at Barclays Center. So, unfortunately, we don't even have that stat to hold over the Rangers uh, anymore. Uh, the Islanders were better possession-wise. That's good. They were 0-6 on the power play, which is very bad. So, this is another one, and we talked about this last week. Throw this one on the pile of games this season that the Islanders' bad power play has cost them. I mean, they score on one of those six power plays – Maybe they go to overtime. Maybe they get a point. Maybe they win. Who knows? I mean, what is it? This has got to be at least half a dozen now games, right? Where the, the power plays essentially cost them a point, at least. Yeah. And, and that's and really demoralizing. We, I think we, you know, we spoke about it. Everyone spoke about it. But I think one of the things that's going under the radar, and I, I'd have to look at their, uh, like their penalty plus minus, but you have Matt Barzal on your team, you're going to draw penalties. Yeah. So the Islanders are going to have power. Like, I feel like. Every fan base feels this way, but uh, we and we definitely do. Is that the Islanders kind of got the short end of the stick? I think Claude Lapointe had the quote back during the 2002 playoff series against the Maple Leafs, like you know the, the refs are calling these games like we still stink or something like that. And I think him, <laughs> him and Milbury, him and Milbury were both really pissed after Game Two, and I remember being mad too. Uh, I can't remember what exactly it was, but I remember being like, "Wow, we got jobbed by the refs in Game two. Um and. The point, you know, basically was just reiterating a famous, you know, Francesism too. Like, if you're the better team, if you're a good team, those breaks go your way. Uh, the Islanders are getting these, going to get breaks from the officials just because of the, the basically because of Barzal and, and that first line. Like, they are always, he's always skating by somebody. Mm-hmm. And that means his his teammates are going to be in good position because there's going to be space in the, on the ice because someone has got his numbers going the wrong way and is chasing Matt Barzal. So, like, there's that line is going to generate calls uh, again. So, there's going to be opportunities. So, they really need to fix the the issue here. And and I mean, I we the Devin Devon Taves thing. I think you you mentioned is logical. I'm starting to think that maybe they should use Brock Nelson more because of his shot being such a weapon. Yeah. But I I don't I really just don't know. Like we I don't. It's a power play. Power plays are so fickle. Right. And this one uh, that cost them the game. Is that, I mean, you can't go over six on the power play. Like you just can't. Uh, th- those are six gifts, and you might not see six power plays for the next three games, even with Barzell, who, by the way, uh, actually, Brendan Burke was talking about this. Uh, somebody asked him, and, and he mentioned it today, so I just called up the tweet. Uh, uh, Barzell is actually fourth, uh, seventh in the league in penalties drawn this year with 21. 
Uh, Sasha Barkov leads the league with 27. So there's only about six between Barkov. Barkov and has has Barkov taken a penalty yet? I don't, <laughs> probably not. He was he's a uh, very clean player. Uh, yeah, I think he was like going through the first like 40 games without one, which is is amazing. I remember being impressed by Franz Nielsen's ability to uh, to not take penalties. He had that one season, and then I, I think maybe the season after that he took a penalty on like the first in the, during the home opener or whatever. And I was like, hey, Franz, what are you doing? <laughs> Wasn't there one game where he took like two, and it was like, what is happening right now? Like this yeah, never happens. I, I can't <laughs> imagine what what he like oh, said to himself after yeah. after that game. Flogged so himself. much shame. Probably put so on a hair the, shirt or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the uh, yet to lust. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so Bardell, Barzell does draw a lot of penalties, and they are going to get penalties. Although I, I wondered about the refereeing in the Tampa Bay game, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but yeah, that the power play is absolutely killing them, and Nick Letty in particular. Letty had a. I mean, I don't want to beat up on Nick Letty, but he had a really bad game against the Rangers. Um, one, he basically mis misplayed the puck on the game tying goal, uh, and then. The game-winning goal pretty much bounced off of him and bounced off of Robin Leonard with five minutes to go. So it's a little bit kind of like what happened to the Rangers two nights earlier against the Islanders, but not nearly as funny, which, you know, is kind of the difference between the Islanders and Rangers. Um, and so, you know, it was an incredibly disappointing loss coming off of a funny, if not necessarily, you know, perfect win. Uh, and the problem is that the Islanders' margin of error is still very, very small. I mean, this is, again, not a talent-laden team. And as I think we'll talk about probably in a little bit, there are basically four or five teams battling right now for the same, maybe, what, two, maybe one playoff spot. So any kind of loss, and they're all winning all at the same time, which is incredibly annoying. Uh, so any loss is going to be kind of huge, and and the, you know, especially losing against the Rangers on a matinee in front of a bunch of kids <laughs> for the first time ever in Barclays Center is going to be a huge deal. Making matters even worse was that the next game was against the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning, who had only lost eight games all year. They have only lost one game since Thanksgiving, which is insane. And what happens? They come into Brooklyn, and the Islanders score three goals in the first five minutes of the game and basically cruise to a 5-1 win. <laughs> that was um, Maybe cruise is a little bit too strong a word, but... Scoring three goals in the first five minutes, Devon Taves again. Um, he's got as many goals. He is now tied for the team leading goals by a defenseman, and he's been with the ten games. Like that's amazing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he had a beautiful one that night. Ping right off the post, right in. Thomas Grice was absolutely fantastic. Again, I, I probably shouldn't have said Cruz, but Grice was more most definitely on Cruz control. He pretty much stopped everything except for the easiest shot he saw, which was just from Ryan McDonough, kind of coming in by himself with nothing else to do. He put the puck on net. I don't know if it bounced off somebody or Grice just didn't see it, but it went in, and that was by far the easiest shot he saw all night, and it was the only one he didn't stop. But other than that, they he was fantastic. And the fourth line, the quote-unquote fourth line, the Sezikis line, we should probably just call it the CCM line. I don't know why nobody's thought of that before. I mean, it's Casey oh, yeah. Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin. Just call it the CCM line. Everybody knows CCM. Hockey brand. <laughs> we just call it that for now because it's not a fourth line because they don't play like it. And they, they just ran the, the – if I was a Lightning fan, I would be like – hella pissed off that this Islanders grind line just absolutely pulverized my team and was cycling with impunity throughout my zone the entire night. They ended up with six points between them. You know, that's, that's crazy. I don't think anybody on the lightning expected that to happen, but that's exactly what happened. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, that was the game. So I, I had a really bad stream for that game. I was watching, I got to watch the first couple of minutes and 
uh, it made me laugh in a completely different way than the Ranger game. It was, I was like, this, you know, it was the same thing. You know, I had to make sure that it was really happening. That, like, when I saw the goals go in, I'm like, wait a minute. This, they're up. That's three of them. And it's been <laughs> three or four minutes. And uh, it was, I mean, the whole experience of that game, like, because I, like I said, I lost the stream quickly. And it was, it was the last night of my vacation. So I was spending some time. And then just, like, keeping an eye on Twitter, I was like, this game is going to end with people melting down because the Islanders blew a lead. Or it's just going to be people saying, like, Oh man, like what is this is crazy. And uh it was the latter which was good. And and I actually did something after that game. I was like, you know, I knew the Lightning had only lost whatever, like you said, eight games in regulation or whatnot. And and I so saw I looked at I wanted to look at their record and their points, just I hadn't checked that uh part of the standings in a while, that division, and we know it's a very important division. Uh that I I was like, Wow, look at their record. It just looks crazy to look at that those numbers 35 9 and 2 or whatever it was 35 8 and 2 and then i looked at the islanders record and i was like this looks so much prettier than i thought like the islanders record on paper if you look at it i keep expecting to see them being like 19 16 and 7 you know <laughs> no the 10 games like, over 500 right? yes they're 10 <laughs> games over 500 which is unbelievable because right. I, I i just I, I keep the way that we are treated by the media it makes us seem like we are just scrapping our way to like you know loser points and somehow staying afloat in this uh, playoff race, and then I'm like every other team in the Metro. While the Islanders were winning eight or, or whatever we won in a row, seven in a row, six in a row, everyone else in the Metro was on a crazy run above us. The, the Blue Jackets, the Penguins, and the Capitals were all streaking as well. I think the the Penguins won like eight in a row or something. And so I I knew that we weren't really entrenched in a playoff spot because of how hot the other teams had been. And that's that, and the way the media has treated us has put this like weird thing in my head that the islanders are like just kind of scraping by collecting points stealing points or whatever and then you look at their record it's just like jarring for a second like no this team has a really good record and they probably deserve to be a little bit higher it's just they've been a little unlucky with the other team's results and that's that was like the big takeaway i took from the that lightning game was that yes they're like i've been saying they've they're gonna make it really hard for the best of teams to beat them and they did it again they 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 won they 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 kind of blitzed them early and, and held on, which they works fine. And and that strategy has kind of let them or, or this like resiliency or whatever you want to call it organization has led them to this crazy good record for this for a team that probably should be 15 points lower in the standings than they are on when you look at it on paper. Not only are they 10 games over 500, I think it's 10, but not only are they let's just call it that. Not only are they 10 games. They're, under yeah, they're 20, 25, 15 and four. Yeah. So that is the best record <laughs> I've ever seen. So so they're not only is that their record but they're also second in the league in goals against, right? I think they were one goal behind the Bruins. Yeah, they were they were leading the league in goals right. against I think yeah. going going into the Toronto game because that was like a big or or maybe like a right after that point uh that game because everyone was you know started talking about the Islanders for the first time of the season and they were like holy shit the Islanders have are leading the league. Here's an easy story. Like, look yeah. what they did last year. Now look what they did. And they obviously don't know the whole the whole reasoning is you know goaltending obviously is a big part, but there's a lot going on here that people aren't paying attention to yeah. outside of uh, uh, the Islander fan base. I I I, I want to talk about this later after we wrap up the the game, but there's definitely the the Islanders turnaround is definitely more pronounced. If you watched this team last year, and I think the fact of the matter is that a lot of people didn't, you know, because they weren't very good. And obviously the focus was on 
one guy as opposed to what what the team was doing. Or I shouldn't say that. The focus was on two guys, the guy who ended up winning the rookie of the year and the guy who was, you know, everybody was salivating over. Um, but I mean, just in speaking in general, I think people kind of knew that they were a disaster defensively and they just didn't care. If you watch that team regularly, as we did game in game out, and then you watch this team, it's night and day. It's not even, it's not even almost the same team. And it's almost the exact same roster without one incredibly talented guy on it. Like that's, that's the crazy part. Yeah, so. yeah, we keep saying like they <laughs> they got worse. This team got worse over the off season, right? Basically, yeah. But here they are having given up like a hundred less goals over the course of the you know same time that they had given up an historic amount of goals last year. But uh, yeah, so uh, the anyway, just to wrap up the Lightning game real quick. So yeah, five one was the final score. Uh, Josh Bailey with the empty netter. Uh, the Lightning did have twenty two shots on goal in the second, uh, which is a lot. Obviously, the Islanders had fourteen, which is also Kind of a healthy number. Uh, Tampa Bay finished with 39 shots to the Islanders' 28, uh, which, you know, I guess kind of makes sense considering that the Islanders had a three-goal lead five minutes yeah. into the period. Into the that, just, that just throws like a game script out the window. So kind of, yeah. Weird, weird, weird stuff just going to happen in, in a game like that. Yeah, and I mean, I don't I don't think they were perfect. As Grice absolutely was the star of that game. I know they, the three goals are kind of the lead the lead sentence in the game story, but Grice was phenomenal in that game. And without him, they definitely blow that, <laughs> that lead in a hurry. Um, and Trotz said in the second, they were looking for cookies uh, for, I guess means that they were trying to get some, <laughs> find some easy plays and, and didn't get it. So, but you know, far from a perfect game, but you know, when you're staked to a three, nothing lead against the best team in the league, you take it. And I think they played well enough that, you know, they definitely deserve to win. Uh, and now we guys got to go on. And now, so, there's five games before the all-star break. Um, there are five, frankly, winnable games. I know I, that's just going to jinx them even more, but starting with uh, Tuesday night against St. Louis, who are playing right now as we speak in Washington, D.C. So hopefully that'll help the Islanders out a lot. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the turnaround for this team is, is remarkable. And sometimes I, I really wish I could go back and watch some games from last year. I mean, I guess I could. They're probably on nhl tv or something like that but just go back and watch those games and and i was thinking about it today because i was watching trotz's press conference from the lightning game which they only played a few minutes of it on msg so i watched the whole thing on on uh, the islanders website today and then i watched the game against the 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 press conference he gave against the rangers game the second one on saturday and you know trotz has talked this whole time about playing the right way playing the right way playing the right way and whenever he says that i think of two things one i pictured doug wait somewhere stewing and getting angry that the insinuation that the team didn't play the right way when he was the coach, uh, which I guess is probably not what Barry's trying to say there, but that's certainly the way it comes off. But I think about those games from last year. And I think about the fact that we knew we're not hockey coaches, but like we knew sitting here and talking about these games that they were not playing the right way. Not even close guys blowing the zone early, I mean, the poke and hope was was not an anomaly for one period. It was the entire strategy. <laughs> poke at the puck and hope that it goes out. Uh, you know, they scored a lot of goals, but they were a complete disaster and uh, on the penalty kill, in their own zone for anything. And you you really it really drives home if you really think about those old games. And I mean, I can't think of one specifically in my head, but just the kind of overall feeling that the, watching those games from a year ago gave you, you really get the sense of what the right way is. And we all knew that was the wrong way. Now we're seeing the right way. 
And, you know, hopefully the Islanders can continue this. They are 10 games over 500. They're only, what, three points behind Columbus right now for second in the Metro? They're only a- they're only uh, four points behind a certain team in the the so-called hockey mecca. That that I saw as well. And they're like six points behind the Caps or maybe five points behind the Caps. So, I mean, yeah, they are a live dog. They yeah, are they absolutely. are just a live dog. <laughs> uh, and this is, you know, they got to keep playing the right way. Um, and hopefully they don't want to go back to the way it was last year, which was definitely not the right way. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's it's weird to think about last year um, just because of everything was just the polar opposite. The like the vibes, the, the just the, the general feeling of where this organization was. So it's just. It's we, we we say it a lot, I think, on the show, like just to think about where you where we were last a year from today. And like, I'm sure if we had a, if this podcast, we were recording a podcast at this time last year, it was probably miserable. And uh, and we probably were just, you know, the world was falling down around us. And now it doesn't feel that way. Uh, it's it's incredible. And that's why like I honestly urge you to look at those standings like because all day long tomorrow or whatever you're listening to. It's just like have it up and just look at it because it's wild to see and the the, the goal differential is great mm. it's there's there's really no the only red flag is just how uh, good other teams have played and the islanders kind of just weathered a little bit of a storm i don't think they're out of it obviously you know there's still a long way to go but they they had they kind of lost their way for a three-game stretch and they came out of that three-game stretch just fine like mm. you know a one one and two stretch you know the the, the the hurricanes game was disappointing especially coming off the, the games that they were just they had just played and but to to kind of then rattle off a win a win you didn't really deserve against or excuse me two and one <laughs> a win you didn't really deserve against the Rangers uh, and then a, a win you did deserve against the best team in in the the NHL and maybe the one of the best teams we've seen in this like post third lo- whatever lockout it was generation like that's really good yeah. and even when they're even when they've been going bad this year things haven't got hit hit like you know defcon 4 or whatever it's it's (laughs) and it and it's so easy to do that with the islanders and islander fans and we are definitely guilty of that as you know as just as anybody else and i guess what i I would hope that people would would kind of get in their mind is that you know don't let anybody kind of take this away from from you like don't let anybody take what this team has accomplished so far away from you i saw some tweets from some Hockey experts, uh, after the game last night, I made the mistake of logging into my old account <laughs> uh, right after the game just to see what people were saying and uh, immediately logged out again because I was getting irritated. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, okay, yeah, their PEDO, their PDO is pretty high because they get a lot of saves and they have a lot of guys with crazy shooting percentages. This is, don't let anybody take away the fun from from this season from you. Like, this, this has been fun. And, you know, it might not end fun. It might not be fun tomorrow, but it's fun right now. And that's that's what this whole thing is about. What are we doing this if not for the fun? Um, things can maybe not get fun in a hurry, and we'll talk about it in a second. There's some swirling uh, rumors or scuttlebutt or conject- con- conjecture uh, surrounding one player who's actually not with the Islanders right now. Um, but this has been fun. I mean, and I keep having to remind myself, and, you know, sometimes – Stepping away from from the game and and taking it all in is helpful. And you're like, yeah, that was cool. But I mean, it also works the other way. When they lose, you know, it's like, ah, oh, man, that's that really sucks, and it stays with you. But but still, if you step away, you get over it and you move on to the next thing. And you're like, all right, well, we'll just get them next time. There's some uh, I, I don't know how how should we broach this. <laughs> There's uh, some talk about uh, 
was as I was mentioned before about the lineup change. Ross Johnson was in for the two games against the Rangers. Uh, Michael Del Cole played against the Lightning. He played pretty well. Uh, you know, he's he's doing his thing. He's not scoring, but he's playing a pretty responsible game on the third line with Filpola and uh, Komarov. And the guy who used to be on that spot, Joshua Sang, he's still in in Bridgeport. The Sound Tigers have two games Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they have two games Saturday, Sunday. So it's possible that Josh is down there for all of them. But uh, I don't know. What, what? How do we want to say that? <laughs> maybe there's some some yeah. you know action going on. Maybe I don't yeah. know. We'll see. But I don't know. It's it's like we just were talking about how good good a spot the Islanders are in, and there is obviously a way that this can all come unraveling. And this kind of situation, the Jose the Jose thing, won't help the cause. If someone's if, if if people are like goading you on Twitter or whatever, yeah, you know, like you said, just walk away. Who cares? Yeah. Like let the let the let the Josh saying you know rumors, you know, do their thing. They'll go away, and he'll be on the Islanders in on a playoff run. My whole feeling is, if it happens, it happens. Like that's yeah. that's my just thing. let it go. If it, just if, it, <laughs> if it happens, it happens, and you know, if you know, knowing it's going to happen. I don't know. It doesn't really change the fact that it's going to happen or maybe it's not going to happen. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah, I think, you know, I'm with you. Like, I don't want it to distract me from the strides that this team has made and the fun that this is supposed to be, especially with an enormous packed schedule over the next week uh, before the all-star game where we can watch Matthew Barcel hopefully turn every other player in every other division inside out and bring home the uh, MVP trophy for, uh, for the uh, Metro division. I'm, I'm not kidding, by the way, I'm, I've very rarely ever, I, I enjoy the NHL all-star game, but I've very rarely been as confident as I am right now that, that Matt Barzell could win the all-star game uh, MVP trophy. Like I, isn't, is there a, is there another guy in the league that is literally built for that event? No, that Matt it's Barzell? true. It's, it's so funny. Yeah, no, it's a spotlight. really good way to put it. He's yep. got the skills. They're going to just, he's going to be on a center with, on a, he's going to center a line with uh, who that what I mean who Claude Giroux and I don't know Evgeny Malkin like who was I mean two two amazing players I'm I would if I had to bet money could they, could we bet can I put could we put a bet down on Matt Barzell winning MVP Probably yeah they'll definitely bet. they'll definitely put up odds for All Star Game MVP I'll let you know when they do <laughs> I think uh, when is it next Saturday like a yeah. week from Saturday yeah 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 they'll definitely have odds up probably like Thursday of next week. That'll be. I, I, I'm I would. Confident. I would guess he'd be, be like ten to one. So yeah. the, the odds would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I don't think he's an underdog for sure, but uh, that would be pretty awesome. But uh, before that, they have uh, yeah, no, um, a bunch of games. So they're playing the Blues Tuesday night at home again. They beat the Blues a week or so ago in St. Louis, but eh, it was not a convincing performance. They got some lucky goals. Uh, their goalie for that game is probably going to be rookie Jordan Binnington. And I like to make a joke about something named Jordan Bennington, but his first ever NHL game, he shut out the Philadelphia Flyers. So, <laughs> who was it? Good. Craig was it? Craig Billington. Is Craig that? Billington. Yeah, he used to be yes. The Avalanche. Is, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. That there's now been a Bennington and a Billington. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so far, this guy looks like Craig Billington because he looks pretty good. Um, so then there's that's Tuesday, and then Thursday they host the New Jersey Devils at Nassau Coliseum. So a bit of old school there. And then Friday is Barry Trotz's hopefully triumphant return to Washington, D.C. 
uh, to play the Caps uh, on a back-to-back. And that's another thing that's kind of weird about that Tampa game is that the Islanders are now 6-0 and on the second half of back-to-backs. And Arthur Staple asked Barry Trotz what the secret was, and Trotz was like, if I knew, I would bottle it and I would sell it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're more focused. I don't know. I don't get it. But he was curious as to what they're, they are in the front end, and I believe they're 4-2. and two. So, I mean, you know, they've lost this week. They lost one, and I guess there was another one. So uh, that's going to be a tough test. If, t- if playing the best team in the NHL at home on a back-to-back is a tough test, playing the defending Stanley Cup champions on the road on a back-to-back is like the final level. Like it's almost like a video game. So you got the hardest level, and then you got another yeah. hard level on top of that. That's so, again, like I said last week, I don't expect them to win that game, but they better make it <laughs> so that it's somehow productive. Either they got to play them, you know, play them well and just kind of lose a hard luck one or get the points and just win it uh, because nobody's going to give you a break. You need those points. Yeah, it's. I didn't think going into this year, this season, that I would be um... – so into the Barry Trotz homecoming thing. But just now that I love him, like he is one of my own family members, I uh, probably maybe more. And, and I don't think any of my family members would be offended by that statement. They love him, too, uh, is that that means a lot to me now. Personally, I feel like, you know, this is like Barry Trotz and I have been together for like 42 years. At this, and, and, we, and we got out and now we got to come back and beat them. Um, I'm kind of curious as to see what their – like if they're gonna, because the you you mentioned that I didn't even realize it. The the banner raising night, they didn't acknowledge him at all. Like they didn't right, yeah, wasn't on the video or anything. So I guarantee they're gonna give him a video. But I'm just kind of curious as to what it will be. You know, that's part of it, right? Like the, the way they treated him uh, after he had made after he won them a Stanley Cup. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, he won your first. He won your city. It's first sports say, sports championship. The Washington and, Capitals yeah. want to stand up with this guy. Give me a break, yeah. you know. And uh, that's that's kind of the upsetting part. I remember someone saying, like, you know, think about the Capitals fans. Like, weren't, isn't it kind of the same thing? You guys, isn't it a little like hypocritical with the thing with Toronto and Tavares and Trotz and the Islanders? Is like, you know, you you can definitely think that if you want from afar. But Barry Trotz won them a Stanley Cup. Like he. He did his job there, and he left. Like he didn't leave anything unfinished, and they they treated him like we should have, you know, we should treat Tavares. It seems like you know, like just forget about it and burn a bridge. And I don't know why they did it. So that's why you know it actually means a lot to me, and hopefully it means a lot to the team because I'm sure, like we saw with the with the Tavares game, how he kind of, in a very wise way, pumped his guys up by just being brutally honest and frank and saying, you know, obviously it should hurt. Like I'm sure he's going to tell his team like. You know, these guys kind of did me did me wrong. Like, I love them. I, we saw how much he loved them in that that locker room video. But they, you know, they kind of did him wrong. And I'm sure he will remind his team. And I can promise you that every one of his players would run through a wall for him. So I'm sure, you know, it, it's uh, it's like there's no people always say there's no such thing as a momentum or whatever. That that game is definitely going to mean a little bit more to Trotz and uh, and oh, hopefully sure. the team. So I, I'm not would... too worried. I'm not too worried about the the tired legs, hopefully, for uh, the, the second leg of the back-to-back. I would think the Islanders would want to win that game for Trotz, although they did lose their game against the Caps in Brooklyn. But again, that, that team was that was very early in the season. That was before uh, November. That was before Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was, yeah. that was pretty early, so they were still trying to kind of find their legs. But um, yeah, the more I think about it, though, the, the Trotz thing versus the Tavares thing isn't even almost close. I mean, with Tavares, you had like a two-year run-up to him leaving and again the whole thing about 
he kept saying how much he loved it here and wanted to stay and blah, blah. Meanwhile, you know, at the same time, he just ghosted everybody and then disappeared and then came out on the other side a Toronto Maple Leaf, whereas with Trotz, he was too busy winning a Stanley Cup to, if anything, the 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 Caps were close to firing him earlier in the season when they were kind of good but not really great. They didn't look like they had. Yeah, that, when they went, they went if they lost that series against the Blue Jackets, they would have parted ways with him. Then. Absolutely, and so I mean that's it's a lot different. I mean, if the Islanders had traded Tavares. And then he signed with the Leafs. That may, maybe that would be a little bit different because it would have been like there was a break there, just the way. It, if you know, with Trotz, they he had an, an, a clause so he could negotiate his contract, and they just didn't give it to him. That, that's the thing too. It's like they renegotiated. They had the opportunity to renegotiate with him, and he wanted more than they were willing to pay, and he walked away. So I mean, this was just like with the Islanders. It was like here we're going to give you all of this stuff, and he was just like, nah, I'm going to take this stuff from these other guys over here. Because of a video in which, yeah, I don't know, they, it, you know, Kyle but Dubas said I'm winning Stanley Cup with the Leafs or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so funny. Like, that's that's like kind of how everyone's been treating the Islanders this season, right? On Everyone is just, we're seeing it, it from the media especially, and you, you brought it up before. Like, these people are looking at it from such a surface level stuff yeah. that, like, that's why it gets so mad. Is like, you're like, no, there are 18 other rungs on this ladder before it got to this point. <laughs> And like that's what I'm. That's the point that's pissing me off about you know the Hosang thing. Like there's so much to it that people aren't going to grasp. They're just gonna say, oh, he's got a bad attitude. Like uh, I don't really. I think he's he was young and immature, and he's learned every step of the way, and and it's kind of put that stuff behind him. And then now that he got sent down again, which like questionable, mm. is a is is definitely something to be thought about. But don't just go jump to a conclusion. Because someone in in the media says it, and then it's the same with like the Islanders being quote unquote like overperforming. Yeah, sure. Like they're they've maybe gotten lucky with you know rode a PDO wave, especially early in the year. But there's a lot more going on than just the Islanders having shoot running hot goaltending wise or shooting percentage wise. Like there's so much more that these people are missing. That is like when when if this team keeps it together and get to the playoffs, like. They're going to surprise people still, even though if people had been paying attention to us and this team would be like, no, we've been good. Like we deserve to be here. This isn't it's it, it, it smells like a fairy tale story. It looks like a fairy tale story, but it's a chapter book. Like there's a lot going on with this team. And that's that's like what's been so frustrating coming from media sources that shouldn't that I shouldn't be letting get under my skin. Uh, but I am. <laughs> yeah, I guess no. got to vent. It's cathartic. Yeah, no. And, and it. Look, it happens to all of us, you know, and I mean, that's why we were, I mean, especially during the Leafs game, we were all kind of shouting from the rooftops. No, seriously, these guys are pretty good. And, you know, then they went out and showed it or the game against the Blackhawks where they pumped 50 shots on them on NBCSN. And then Jeremy Rona comes in talking about how the the Blackhawks played a sound defensive game. What are you talking about? Like, that's these kinds of things happen to us all the time. And they're going to keep happening to the Islanders, unfortunately, because that's just how it is. Um, maybe when, you know, the, the next step, another, forget Ho saying, like, we're getting closer to the start of hopefully shovels getting in the ground for Belmont Park. They had those uh, three meetings at, with, at the township and people got up and vented their problems and talked about, you know, wanting this, that, and the other thing, not wanting another sh- mega mall. I, some of these people, I don't know where they got their idea of what's getting built there, but some of them are completely out to lunch. <laughs> but we're getting to that point now too. And what's going to happen is, you know, 
ideally the team will start construction on the arena at Belmont Park very shortly, and that will be another thing for people to get wrong. You know, Pierre Maguire still thinks that they're uh, you know going to move somewhere because they haven't secured anything about, uh, for the arena. Where it's like, no, we're kind of close here, Pierre. So <laughs> just you know, pay attention. Um, but that's just going to be how it is, and and you know that's why I was saying before, like don't don't let that derail what's been the most enjoyable season this team has had since 2014-15. And actually, it's funny to bring that up because all you we were talking before about how like the other teams have played really well. That 14-15 team was really really good, and they were good for a long time. And it took historic runs by both the Rangers and Capitals to bust the Islanders down to. Third in the division, I think, is, is where they ended up, or something like that. I, I figure, no, they ended up yeah. in seventh because they kind of stumbled a lot. But yeah, yeah, they they finished third in the Metro, I think. Yeah. No, I think they finished like, seventh in the in the East, and they had to play the Caps, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was in the Brat, but they were still doing like the one, two, th- the. Oh, I think that was the first year, so they. Fin- I, I'm pretty sure. So they, yeah, they finished third in the Metro by a point, or maybe on a t- on like a tiebreaker. Uh. And and I think it was because the Islanders had lost that game to Columbus in the last right. yeah. game at the Coliseum in a shoot or they, yeah, they shootout. Yeah, shootout. Yeah, it was a shootout. It was a shootout. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was just like, you know, home ice advantage really mattered in that series. And so yeah. one, you know, one bounce goes the other way. The Islanders, and like you said, they were really good. Like they that were team really just, good. And the Caps and Rangers both set franchise records for like wins in a, in a month or something like that to to blow past them. And it's like, oh man! It's, even when they're good, they're not good enough, you know. So hopefully, Trots this year can kind of get them over that hump and make them good. Oh, and that's the other thing too. I, I want another huge difference that only Islanders fans will will recognize because we're the only ones who pay attention. Is that I remember for years the mantra from Garth Snow to the coaches to the players, and particularly Tavares, always said this was, "All you gotta do is get into the playoffs." Just get into the playoffs. Anything can happen. We've seen crazy things happen. All you got to do is get in. doesn't really matter how you get in. I don't think these guys think that way. I think these guys know how close they are to winning the division, finishing second in the division, getting home ice or something like that. I think they know. And I don't think these guys are going to play the, well, just get in and see what happens game. Like, And that is a huge difference. Like These guys aren't trying to just kind of sneak into eighth place and, and hope to for the best. They want to keep going. They don't. They don't want to just stop. They want to keep on winning and making, getting as high as they can because you know seventh place is nice, but second is even better. Uh, and that's a huge, huge, huge change from from what was going on earlier. I mean, and, and I, I'm welcome to it. <laughs> Thank God, because nothing drove me crazier than oh, just get in and never, and you never know what happens. That to me is like the most defeatist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd almost rather have you be like, no, we're tanking for a first overall pick, like. It's, I mean, what's the difference at that point? I was, I, I'm, I was so guilty of that. I was a, such a my my college roommates would, would just. Rem- I don't think the Islanders had a meaningful game in March my entire college <laughs> life. So that was my was my mantra with like my college roommates and stuff. I was just they were like, oh, what do you want from the Islanders this season? I want one meaningful game after Valentine's Day. You know, <laughs> like, so so I, like that was it. Like, but that's basically my era of islander fans like i was three years old when the islanders won that playoffs the only playoff series in my life pre the panthers one like i was that never happened like i've never seen them do anything like that so that's those were huge moments for me and like you said like that is not the way that penguins fans think or anyone thinks 
and getting to that point is where we all want to be where you know we just are meaningful games in march are the beginning of the season for us you know right. more than anything and but i think you bring up a good point like this team you can sense it and it's it might sound you know off not it's not something you can tangibly assess but like this team is so cohesive you can see like the the trust that they have in each other and the coaching staff or whatever every game you see it on the ice and like there's definitely something brewing and they believe in what what's going on too and i think they're also kind of aware of how they're treated by uh oh, like the, the, the oh, hockey yeah. media like you know nobody hey nobody's paying attention to us like right. that doesn't who cares like let's just keep we'll pop up in the playoffs and guess what like Nobody will know what's what's about to hit them, which is a really kind of dangerous thing. Like the Islanders are a very dangerous team. Like we said, I said before, like they're a live dog. This team is so dangerous to play against in a seven game series. So them getting to the playoffs is going to. I, I James Myrtle like tweet randomly took a shot at Island. Someone made yeah. a made a made a Photoshop of like John Tavares on a snake, and he's like, let's check in how Islander fans are doing. Just like he's still upset that they lost or something. I don't know what his deal is. He, but I he's think a it's, troll. That's what his deal is. Yeah, he's he a is. Troll. Yeah, it's just it, a troll. He, he's he's a to Canadians. He is a uh, a journalist and uh, a, you know well respected member of the hockey uh, media community. And to Americans, he's a troll that likes to poke Islanders fans because we're easy to poke. Let's be honest. Don't take the bait. Basically, yeah, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. And I saw I saw a response from uh, I think his name's Tony on on Twitter and I was like this it was very well crafted and stuff right. and like this this guy went out of his way to do that like man like I think it's just a little maybe a little bit of fear like this team that we've just been harp like heaping piles of shit on for basically his whole career and and especially this year after the Tavares thing like something might this might all blow up in our face and yeah. the Islanders being the ones to do that is. In, in, would be an incredible story it's, like absolutely incredible and we ne- neither one of us thought we'd be in the position to have a ch- it's still a very remote chance like even trot said like this team is two or three years away but they are in a position to do that to to be the party crashers mm-hmm. that you, you'd almost ha- like if we could draw up a islanders run a magical run like this would be it right. they have a serious chip on their shoulder and just to make everyone to shove it in front of everyone's faces. Like this is what we've all wanted forever. This is a great opportunity. I think the players know that too. And, oh man, it's just, there's so much at stake now. It's crazy. It's, it's all about, I mean, when Trot says that, and he said it in a, in an article with uh, written by Andrew Gross of Newsday, when he talks about it, them being, you know, two or three years away from being like a perennial Stanley cup contender, what that's about is establishing the, the baseline for what the team accepts right now and what you're seeing like like you're saying is you're seeing that that cohesion that that formulation of that and you know there are creeks here and there i mean again we just talked about a bunch of periods where they just did not play the way that trots wants them to play and in fact that's what's great about that ccm line is he's you know somebody asked them about you know what does that line mean to you to have to roll those guys out there and have them basically just cycle the other team to death in their own zone and Trot said, I, I wish some of the other lines had that same ability. With those guys just they, – they go in there to work. And they go in there. They, they follow the game plan. They're hard on the pucks. I know these are like really cliche, coach-speak, stupid things to say. But it's true. And if you watch, that, again, the replay of that Tampa game, there's a huge difference between the way Martin, Sezikis, and Clutterbuck attack 
the Tampa zone and the way the other lines attacked the Tampa zone. The other lines didn't get any time in the zone at all. Meanwhile, Clutterbuck and Sadiqis and Martin go out there and they're, they just churn them <laughs> out. Especially that third period, it was all those guys. They, they had a lot of time in there and they earned it. And they earned six points for their trouble too. That's what he wants. They, he wants that sort of mentality. And by continuing to do that, hopefully in two or three years, it is ingrained in the organization and you don't have to teach people because the players will kind of already know or they will teach it themselves. And then you kind of get on autopilot and then it's like, yeah, we'll fine you're tune. the Tampa Bay Lightning. Basically, you're the Tampa Bay Lightning yeah. or the Washington Capitals. Like you're right. now at that point, you're fine tuning. Maybe you bring in a guy here, you call up a guy here, you move a guy there. You know, at that point, the the hard part is done. It's the fine tuning that makes a difference. And the beautiful part of all this is that we get to watch this happen in real time. And I promise you that people like James Myrtle haven't been watching this. And I also promise you that you will not see him at an Islanders game. He is not listening to this. You will not run into him at Nassau Coliseum just taking in a game. He will not show his face anywhere near an Islanders game because that's not his game. He does not care. So, again, if he's trying to, you know, poke the bear or, or you know, troll Islanders fans because he's bored in the athletic offices or something, don't take the bait because he's not worth it. <laughs> I promise oh, you, it's, he's not. <laughs> it, it was, it's just so good. Like this, this whole post Maple Leafs game, like stretch, whatever it's been, it's been unbelievable to watch. Like him and he's, he's like someone I've, 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 I, I like unfollowed and never will, you know, really read his stuff. I think, I think the athletic is uh, like outside of the the teams, uh, which we call beat coverage, has kind of taken a weird turn towards. He, he the blocked stuff me that, on Twitter, so I didn't have to unfollow. Oh, I had him yes. unfollowed already, but but yeah, the, and the athletics like we talked about last week, the athletics beat coverage is great. I mean, the the Anaheim Ducks are melting down in real time right now, and uh, Eric Stevens is the guy all over it. He's been following that team forever, and man, it's poetic. Like it's great. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. epic. Oh, I feel so bad for them. Uh, but the Islanders play them on Sunday, so don't feel too bad for them because hopefully <laughs> the Islanders can help them continue their misery. Uh, oh, in a game against in the Coliseum. But that's like it's so funny too. I think you know. Uh, as and from a fan level, and I think this is more about teams from this side of the border, just because we've never really had, especially out of the big markets, we've never had coverage by more than one or two people. We always joke about the Islanders having one, maybe one beat writer for like from like 2007 to 2011 at the games. But other teams, I'm sure, like the Dallas Stars, whatever, these fans probably didn't get covered the way that their other sports teams in their metro area had been covered in Canada that's never been a problem like they've just been spoon-fed hockey forever and ever so this is just like the type of media coverage that they're used to and then uh excuse me sorry coughed uh so so now that this this that the athletic has kind of based their hockey coverage out of that city it's basically turned into Canadian hockey media coverage and like their strategy and you're just seeing it it's it's been tough. It's been tough to deal with. And like, man, God, like if they didn't have staple there, man, I would, uh, <laughs> I would, I would really have a lot of problems with that, uh, whole or is like, or hockey coverage. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it that's what's has, going off. No, it definitely has, it has a skew to it, but I'm glad you brought up Arthur staple because, uh, Tuesday at, I believe one o'clock art is doing a, uh, Q and a he hadn't done one in a while. Certainly the first one of 2019, at the athletics, so if you can get over there, uh, submit a question. He he answers a lot of them. He's on for a good hour or so, and he answers a ton of them. I, I beg of you though, please, if you're going to do this, please 
for me, don't ask a question about Josh Hosang. And it's not because I don't want to know. It's because 50 people are going to be asking questions about Josh Hosang. Don't be the 51st. Come up with something else, please. <laughs> because he's going to answer it once, and, and then he's going to move on to other topics. So we don't need 50 questions about Josh. This is what the, the last Q&A, I believe, was about uh, – was it was Devon Taves and like every other question was about Taves and Taves is here now so we don't have any questions but spread the questions out there's lots of other questions I'm sure we can ask you don't need to ask yeah. the 51st question about Joshua saying it's okay he'll get the, to it I promise but don't the, ask there there are like good good question like when I say good I mean like questions that feel good to ask about the Islanders right now like yeah. this this team is in a very interesting spot going into All Star game and, and trade deadline season unfortunately the All Star game also means that all the hockey media gets together. So there's going to be, you know, especially with the timing with the Hosang thing, it's going to be uh, very annoying to hear what, what comes out of there. John, John, what's it like to be an all-star for the Toronto Maple Leafs? You've never been here before. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, I'm sensing. That's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it was a good time. I, I'm glad to, I'm proud to represent the Maple Leafs here at the all-star <laughs> game. Oh, man. It's just it's going to be great. <laughs> and I, I, I hope I, – so I, I give the Islanders Twitter – or I think it was Twitter or the Instagram. They, uh, they made a tongue-in-cheek – reference or no the nhl account did it i think actually they, they put up barzal's like a highlight from that game and they were, were like quote unquote the kid who won the calder mm. and i was like thank you like i don't <laughs> some, whoever was running that account must be an oh, islander fan I, it's, it, maybe it was brian compton for all we know like he might yeah <laughs> he might it, it, whoever out. it was like I, it felt good because he was like you know at least you were paying attention that he said actually said that right. and that like that yeah. that kind of sums up the whole situation you know oh, like definitely. just Right there, like that's it in a nutshell. And if people, more people knew about that, they'd be like, "Oh wow!" Like, sort of can see your point, and that's kind of how we've been feeling about this entire season. Like, a bit. yeah. But I mean, again, like we like we've been saying, if people don't want to watch, don't watch. It's fine. The, you'll you'll see them later. And I mean, may, again, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Like, you know, it, there's this team is not perfect in a lot of ways, but. And I and I totally understand people not watching the Islanders last year, <laughs> unless out of curiosity or something like that. But you know, if people aren't going to watch and and they're not going to, they don't want to be witness to this sort of transformational thing, and that's on them. Like that's fine. Like I, I'm not going to begrudge them because I don't know if I would want to watch it either if I was a fan of the L.A. Kings or Vancouver Canucks or whatever. Like that's fine. But you know, don't don't come at us like experts because trust me, like we're the guys watching the games. So yeah. It's it's funny too. It's like I think that 2014-15 team, which everybody loved, it was everybody's second favorite team. Um, maybe it's like like I wish more people understood that. <clears throat> excuse me, the Islanders are. I, I maybe this is being biased, but if you are a neutral right now, why wouldn't you root for this team with all that? That's you know this whole <laughs> situation. But no, that's a good point. <laughs> that's like good like point. why like why yeah like it was like the Golden Knights last year. If you were a neutral or. The only reason I was rooting for the Jets was because I had money on them to win the Stanley Cup. But uh, like, if you were neutral, you were probably rooting for the Golden Knights. It's a ridiculous story. Right. The Islanders aren't the, – the story isn't the same as the Golden Knights. But this this team should be the one that people are being like, you know what? They're the they're like the the underdogs of this the season. It's such a good story. Right. They're, they've, they've stayed alive. It's, I guess people kind of flock to the Sabres a little bit. Yeah, but that's maybe what is confusing me more than anything is that the Islanders, this Islanders season has been every shown kind of everything that's good about sports, and nobody is really picking up on that. They're, yeah. We're being they're kind of being vilified. It's yeah. really funny. It's no, really funny. That that's a good point, and I think if you asked a lot of people, they'd be like, Matt Martin is such a dirty player. It's like no, Matt, people, Tom Wilson. 
is what a lot of people think Matt Martin is. And Matt Martin couldn't be any further from Tom Wilson uh, if he tried. Like, for a guy who, with that many hits, how many times has he been suspended? The one time? Like, yeah. you know, because no, he's, he's, he's someone who's just learned. He just learned exactly where the line is. Yeah. And he just has never gone over it. And never, I think not even close, you know? And I think a lot, you can see a lot of that in like the way he's treated on the ice as well by the opposition. Yeah. Right? Like, like the Wilson. People go out of their way to mess with Tom Wilson. People kind of go out of their way to mess with Cal Clutterbuck. Nobody really does that with Matt Martin. And it's not – I don't think it's like a, you know, I don't want to punch him in the face kind of thing. But it's more of a like, you know what, like I know that guy isn't going to be goaded into anything. So I remember one time he got into a fight with Tom Katsopoulos, who I believe was with the Penguins at the time. And he he hit him real hard. And Katsopoulos went down like like a bag of pucks. And Martin immediately waved the trainer over. Like he just stopped. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that too. Yeah, Yeah. and like – that to me, you know, I kind of got it. I had to restrain myself from getting into it with uh, the people at Japers Rink during the uh, the Islanders Caps playoff series a couple of years ago because they they had basically vilified Martin as this like incredibly dirty sort of vampire that was like stalking the ice, and I kept saying well, he's really not like that. Um, but yeah, you know, at that point, nobody really wants to listen. But I'm not, and I'm not saying that like I agree with you. As in, the Islanders are not, for whatever reason, being seen as this great underdog story in the NHL, which is which they are. And I'm not putting that all on Matt Martin, but I'm just saying like that. That's one factor. There's a lot of biases I think that are involved. Here. I think a lot of people, again, like we said before, they don't know what the arena situation is like, so they're just like, ah, those guys that they played these two crappy arenas. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I can't get into I, that. And everybody else on this podcast. Yeah, I think everybody listening to this podcast has been asked by one person who isn't an island. It's not their fault, but they're like, oh, well, like, I don't. Can you explain the situation with the arena? And you're like, no, I can't. <laughs> it's like it's just be, I, I've done it. First of all, we've done it all. We've all done it 100 times. Right. So we're, and there's so many. And it's all right. You sure like sp- make block four hours off on your calendar and we can <laughs> go through this the right way. Right. That's really it, which is it, unfor- it, it's unfortunate, but it's true. It'll be nice when you could just say, oh, they're building it. Yeah, yeah, the building. You can look at it. It's over there. Go, go look at Google Maps or something like that. You can look right out the. Way. And next time you're on the Cross Island Parkway, look at Belmont Park. You'll see it. Oh, good. Okay, thanks. Yeah, that's it. But, uh, but yeah, no, I think there's a lo- definitely a lot of sort of biases and you know definitely a lot of kind of like lingering uh, feelings about the team that unfortunately again are preventing people from watching like a really cool story. Yeah. Unfold, but again, that's them, not us. We can yeah, watch. Yeah, let's it. hope. And I hope I hope more Islanders fans are, are starting to like feel that too. Like. Mm. We should start maybe ignoring the like the white noise. Like I know a lot of people were upset with the Barclays Center crowd with the Islanders and Rangers game. Yeah. You know what? Whatever. It happened. Yeah. It sucks that the Rangers more Ranger fans live in the city. It's more convenient for them. <laughs> it would be nice. Like I could have go. Uh, like I should have been there. If, if if I was here, I would be maybe a little upset I wasn't there. But um, you know, don't let that distract you. Who cares? Yeah. It's yeah. like it's, the Islanders are so much better than they should be, and. Are have a really good sh- not excuse me. They have an opportunity to turn the entire hockey world like on its head and just make the people who have been shoving it down our throats just eat it. And yeah. that's such a good spot to be in right now. Sure. Um. Actually, and real, real quick before you wrap up, that that reminds me of the whole attendance thing. We were talking for weeks about how kind of concerned, maybe curious, we were going to be about that Hurricanes game on a Tuesday night in Nassau Coliseum in January. The attendance was totally just fine. I think it was just like a hundred short of a sellout, or maybe it was a sellout, but or just close to it. It was totally fine. So kudos to everybody for <laughs> going to that game. Uh, kudos to everybody who went to the game against the Lightning at Barclays Center. It was Pride Night. 
I was really impressed by the job the Islanders did. It wasn't just like, yeah, yeah, Pride Night, whatever. Like, they gave out all kinds of stuff. They had all kinds of charity initiatives going on there. They had flags everywhere. It was great. It was great to see. I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully that continues Thursday at Nassau Coliseum against the Devils. Maybe they'll, you know, Ken Danica will appreciate it for sure. Uh, then they got the uh, the Caps game the next night. Sunday the 20th, 3 o'clock at Barclays against the Anaheim Ducks, who are winless in their last 11 games. Randy Great. Carlisle isn't getting fired somehow. They traded Andrew Cogliano to Dallas for Devin Shore, who I wasn't even sure was still in the league. Like, I, yeah, I, it's, it's yeah. Th- this know. has been a season of very strange trades. Yeah, but they're somehow like, still in the playoffs. Like, <laughs> what happens? I don't know. It's it's crazy. They're yeah. They're uh, I think they're oh six and like four or whatever. Right. In the last ten, so they've they've been kind of collecting points. Not I mean it's the same record basically as two and eight, but still like, what is I don't know what's going on. It's I, if you if you have time, like take a look at what's going on out in the West because all of a sudden like a couple of days ago I could have sworn I like I was like wait a minute the Blackhawks are like six points out. They were way further up in the standings than I thought. Like the Blues are. These teams are all kind of still in it out there, right. and that just kind of gives you a more of a feel of how kind of good the Islanders have been, and just the fact that they're not in a cemented in a playoff spot goes to show like that this is yeah. there's this whole conference like is is really good because if they were if they were in the West like this team would they, the Islanders would be a shoe in for the playoffs right now. Yeah. There's a lot of parity going on this year, and a lot of teams are going through bad stretches, but they're still in the playoffs. The, the stars, the coach of the stars, Jim Montgomery, was like all over. He was so frustrated by the culture of mediocrity. So we went from the the fucking horseshit guy comment from the the president to the culture of mediocrity comment from the coach, and the stars are still in the playoffs. <laughs> They're in the playoffs by a point. So things are so weird. weird everywhere. Uh, those very same Blackhawks who the Islanders, you know, kind of pumped the shots onto. They're going to be their final game in Chicago on the twenty second before the All Star break. Uh, so, I mean, this is a stretch where the Islanders can really get some points. And again, I don't want to jinx them, but they need to get some points out of these five games. And I mean, if they could win four of them, that will be a good, a good thing. Hopefully the blue jackets lose two of their current games while the Islanders were hours before the Islanders beat up on the lightning, the blue jackets are beating up on the Rangers seven to five. So thanks a lot Rangers, but um, they need to. They 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 can't stop the train. Like they can't rest for a minute, which has got to be frustrating, but at the same time exciting. Yeah, yeah. They uh, it's cliche again, but going into these these breaks on a on a good note is obviously really important, just for us, you know, right? That means there's what three th- three days that you can't do anything about a three game right. losing streak, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's just it's for us, you know. You just hope the Islanders kind of just keep the yeah. same level. Going into that, they obviously are, like you said, winnable games. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, and, and then hopefully the, we come out of that all-star break and still nobody's talking about us or they're still putting up <laughs> pictures of John Tavares as a snake that somebody tweeted or something and still treating us the same way because whatever. They can, they'll can they find out soon enough. Yeah. So somebody, somebody from the Vancouver province will definitely write about Barzell because it's like the one time they get kind of one-on-one time with Barzell. But other than that, yeah. I can't imagine a whole lot of – a whole lot no, going to be written about the Islanders in the meantime. But, which yeah. is good. That's good. Yeah. I also also wanted to say, like, the uh, beating – we were talking about the Lightning before, and, and just, like, beating them, whatever, uh, I, I kind of half-heartedly – it's not true. I, I full-heartedly mean it. Like, the, I, the Lightning are so, going to be so important to the Islanders in, in a couple <laughs> – to us in a couple yeah. months. So, so, like, just, you know, maybe maybe 
study up on that team. You know, I know there's yeah. there's some some really good players and stuff. We we definitely need a backup goalie down there, uh, yeah. which I, you know, hopefully hopefully they can take care of. But uh, I, I like it's funny to to have. There's always that, especially when you have when your team has a has a hated rival like the Islanders have with the Rangers and now with uh, John Tavares. It's it's funny like I you always find yourself asking yourself, do you root for this team? Do you love this team more than you hate that team? And it's and with the the thing in, in Toronto, like it's very even right now. So it's like I, I I don't know if I'd rather if if I would sign something that said like the Islanders aren't going to win the Stanley Cup, but I can guarantee you that John Tavares doesn't win one <laughs> this time in Toronto. If I would actually if I would actually take it, but uh, I just it's just so funny. Like the my feelings on the Lightning has just completely changed. The Bruins, the Bruins, Bruins too. I was going like, to say Bruins too. Yeah, Habs, like, but maybe for that yeah, matter exa- too. So. That, yeah, oh, if it's <laughs> if it's the Habs, if the if we get a Habs first round series against the or a playoff series against the Maple Leafs would be fucking hysterical because that <laughs> Toronto will melt down. But uh you know like it's so funny like just how going into the All-Star break I'm keenly aware of how those teams are doing right. uh and and what their kind of needs are at the break and stuff it's and and just how much I now like they're just part of being an Islander fan is rooting for them slyly. Yeah. Uh I got no beef with the Lightning. That was that's fine. Uh, I there I find their team to be a lot of fun, a lot of a lot of really really fun players, likable players. And uh, yesterday in in the game against the Islanders, uh, down four to one uh, in halfway through the third period, John Cooper pulled his goalie with like ten minutes to go, and then sent him back onto the bench while the game was going on. That's awesome. <laughs> That's just complete. Everybody was like, well, "I've never seen this before." <laughs> Trot said he he's like, "I never I haven't seen that in twenty years." He's like, "I don't know if I've ever seen it, maybe." But uh, that was definitely uh, that's fun. I, when they pulled the goalie, I was like. It was there was nine minutes to go when I was like, oh, wait, are they on a delayed penalty? And then it was like, nope. And Brendan Burke is like, no, John Cooper has pulled his goalie with nine minutes to go. I was like, holy cow, what? That's unbelievable. And then he was racing back, and it was it was a lot of fun. I love it. Which yes, is, yeah. it's so good, good for him. He's also good, the Hofstra guy, him. so we love yeah, exactly. Him. <laughs> like this is a they are an ally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, until, wow. Until we play them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, let's not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that at that point, uh, all bets are off. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, listen, I what you were talking about underdog stories. I'll tell you right now, I was absolutely rooting for the New Jersey Devils that year they went to the Cup final because that was an underdog story, and uh, they yeah. helped us all out a great deal. Let's just yeah, I've, that, I'm so. still I'm still someone who like I really wish Islander fans were able to to be so aware that when Adam Henrique visits the Coliseum that he gets like a standing O and, and I've, 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 I'd be totally okay with Adam Henrique having a yeah. statue, you know, a statue outside the, somewhere like yeah. they should retire his number. They should do, I don't, that would be a great thing for the Islanders like game ops to do. It's very cheeky. It would be fun to, to give Adam Henrique like a video tribute when it comes to Thank the Coliseum you. with the ducks. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Just to see, look on his face. Like what the hell is going on? Yeah. Did, I do? It would, Did I get traded it here? I didn't even, nobody told me. Uh, that, that would be pretty funny, but yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I mean that that was a fun underdog story. I got to tell you, Marty Brodeur doing that it was crazy. Uh, and then it all. I, I was never so sure of the outcome of a game and been wrong than that that Henry game. The whole time I was just, <laughs> I just, I couldn't even picture them yeah. winning that game. And then when it happened, oh my god! Yeah, You're like, like well, I said, this is it. This is, you know. whether whether you hate hate a team more than you root for for your team, and I think obviously. Having ze- like literally zero success with your team probably has a lot to do with it, but um, yeah, that was that was a seminal moment, and hopefully, hopefully we get a moment like that not as far into the playoffs against uh, right. against Toronto. Yeah, that would that'd be cool. 
But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's we can raise like another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, we'll be raising like other thirteen other teams uh, jerseys <laughs> to the Raptors. That that'd be a fun. Only the Islanders can can have that night where they like. Yeah, yeah, like alumni night. They just yeah. break out. <laughs> Like twenty years from now, right. yeah, Alec, Alec Martinez, Adam Henry. Fortunately, Ken, Ken Morrow is still here, although he, I guess, he doesn't count. He plays for them. But uh, yeah, you know, who I mean, whoever played for the for the Habs in the '79 Finals. Uh, oh, Trevor Linden could come back. He's a, he's a guy. You know, he, he did what he could. Although the Rangers still won, but yeah, I got to think more about this. It's late. Uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's the Bigly Basket with two E's. You should follow Mike at the Big League Basket with two E's. Another guy you should follow on Twitter, Mikhail Grabowski. Was he always on oh, Twitter? Oh, yeah. Official no, Rabo. You know what? No, I think he got scooped up by who's a TSN or Sportsnet or ah, one of them. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's, he's doing he's doing something okay. with them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean, I'm happy. He's, yeah. Yeah, you know, I love him. So. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of Leaf stuff on there, but official Grabo with one word. You should follow uh, Grabo there, and uh, I don't know, say hello. Seems like he's he wants to talk, so good for him. Looks like looks like he, he looks fresh and healthy, and he's having fun. So good for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you should also follow Mike too on Twitter. Um, we you should also stop at sneakyathletic.com. You can get ten percent off your order if you put anxiety in the discount code box. There's less games at Barclays Center now, so they're going to be playing more games at the Coliseum. You want that Fort Never Lose stuff? Sneakyathletic.com. Put anxiety in the discount box. You save ten percent. Come on, I mean that's that's a great deal. You gotta do that stuff. Uh, we will be back next week, uh, probably after that game against Chicago, and uh, hopefully we got a whole bunch more wins to talk about. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will yeah. talk to you probably Wednesday. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you then.